Jackie, if there's one thing that Hollywood knows, it's definitely money. On today's show, we're discussing a few financial planning lessons from the movies and sitcoms to give you a better idea of what to do. And more significantly and importantly, what not to do when it comes to your finances. Stay tuned. And now, the truth about money with Bruce Weinstein and Tim Travis. The truth about money. It sounds so serious, but you know what? We have a lot of fun on here. I'm here with Bruce Weinstein of Premier Southwest Planning Group, fiduciary firm, of course, and Tim Travis, registered investment advisor of TNT Capital. I'm Jackie Selby, your consumer advocate. Hey, we're going to have some fun today, guys. We have some Hollywood clips, TV clips, all to do with money. You ready to dive in? Let's have some fun, Jackie. Come on, let's go. Let's do this. All right. Ah, here we go from Wolf of Wall Street. Number one rule, nobody. My favorite. Okay, if you're Warren Buffett or if you're Jimmy Buffett, nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles, least of all stockbrokers. Isn't that so true? I love Matthew McConaughey so much. (laughs) How about this, though, the asset allocation and risk tolerance? Do you face that in your practice with your clients? Oh, 100%. I mean, I think that the first conversation that you should have with the client is, what are your goals? What are your objectives? What is your risk tolerance? Because... While performing extensive fundamental analysis on a security could give you a good idea of maybe what that company's worth, what that stock's worth over you know a certain time period, the timing is particularly challenging. And with equities, because there is a lot of volatility, you know something a macro event could occur and really knock you off course, and you have to be able to stomach that volatility. And so that's where the asset allocation. Uh, coinciding with that full financial plan is just so important. So that's really where an advisor comes into play. I like how you said a macro event, Tim. In other words, what are you saying? A stock market pullback? Yeah, that or a war, you know, or OPEC uh, cutting cutting mm-hmm. supply. We've seen something almost every year, a, a, a pandemic and, and mm. lockdowns of the country. There's so many things that could come out of nowhere that impact prices. And even though that company that stock might still be deeply undervalued, that doesn't mean that it can't drop another 15, 25%. That's just kind of the the name of the game. Well, that's why you two work together to make sure that the money is protected. The truth about money is the show and to reach out to the two of them, Tim and Bruce, here's the number 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912. Let's move on to a dumb and dumber clip for you. Here's the plan. We borrow a few bucks, just a small loan from the briefcase, and we find ourselves some reasonable lodgings. Good plan. And we'll keep track of all the money we spend with IOUs. We'll be meticulous, right down to the last penny. Whatever we borrow, we pay back. Absolutely. We're good for it. The word is our bond. This is the Hotel Danbury Presidential Suite, gentlemen. Normally reserved for royalty. We'll take it! <laughs> so much for budgeting. <laughs> I love all those IOUs and paper. Jim Carrey says he's not going to do any more dumb movies. Gosh darn it. I guess he's grown up a little bit, but... He's an artist now. Yeah, that's right. And he sits up on his mountaintop. Isn't that trippy? He's like, okay, this is what I've learned. Folks make the mistake all the time, don't they, when borrowing money from their savings account? Do you see this? People call you up and go, I need 30 grand. All the time. And they borrow it from their 401k. Now, listen to what I just said. From your 401k. I will guarantee you that most people that are listening at one time had a situation where they needed to get money. 
and they borrow from their 401k plan. Okay. There's a difference when you borrow from or against. Oh. Number one, you cannot borrow from an IRA. Okay. So the only way to borrow is from a 401k. And if you're not working anymore and you're retired, that is out the door. So what do you do? So when you borrow from a 401k, you have to pay it back. And what you don't realize is if you don't pay it back, you are going to take that loan that you borrowed from your 401k plan and you're going to have to pay taxes on it. Say you get fired or you leave the company. You can't carry that loan with you. Here's something else that you have to think about. When you borrow from something, you are actually taking the money out of the market. So Tim brought up a very good comment about timing. And a lot of people think that and what the financial media tells us is that timing is only 1% of your returns. I, I tend to disagree with that. It's it's really, if you think about it in COVID, like Tim brought up, when if you would have bought at the bottom right there, you'd, you'd still probably have a decent chunk of your returns right now. So timing really in the long-term perspective maybe doesn't mean that much, but in the short-term perspective, maybe five years could mean a lot. That's number one. Number two, the tax implications of not paying a loan back when you take this money out and the timing may be horrible when you sell that money in your 401k and then you have to pay it back, you're going to lose opportunity. One of the things in a macroeconomic management system and a financial planning system, we use macroeconomics, not microeconomics. There are things called opportunity costs. Now, I learned opportunity costs when I was in college. Uh, it was one of the best classes I had in economics. Opportunity cost in financial terms that we use, Tim and I use, the highest rate of return that you make, um, we use lots of tools to do planning, but the highest rate of return, maybe it's your 401k plan, net of taxes would be considered your opportunity cost. Nobody calculates that. Not one person out there calculates that. And I'm telling you, that is a high calculation because you could be losing a lot of money. Say you pay it back over a five-year period. There are different timeframes that you must pay that money back. And it comes off of your after-tax dollars, right? And then it goes back into your account with after-tax dollars, mm. and then you pay taxes on it again. Mm. So all that great interest that you're paying to yourself with after-tax dollars to pay your loan back, you're now going to have to pay taxes on that when you pull it out. So I believe that borrowing from your 401k plan is not the best place to borrow from. You need to look at other sources. And I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just saying maybe a, if you own a house, maybe a, a home equity credit line would be a better place to go. Um, if you, uh, credit cards, we just do not like, um, maybe your, uh, uh, maybe you can take a loan from a financial institution if you have good credit. So you need to look at everything before you do that. And that's why Jackie, you're going to give them the phone number right now. We need to call and have a discussion. I've had about three meetings last week that all were based on trying to refinance their high credit card debt. Credit card debt is is the is the worst evil that people can get into. Truly. So yeah. yeah. So, you know, come and set up a time with us. We'll look at all those options that are available, but we do not believe that taking loans from your 401k plan is really good. There are other places to take loans, like I said. And that's some of the things that Tim and I can talk to you about is setting up another type of banking system. Maybe bank on yourself, be your own banker. Come and talk to us. Great. And that number that you are calling for, 800-796-9912, 800 800- 
796-9912 to reach the truth about money with Bruce and Tim. I have to play my Batman clip, fellas. You know what I noticed? Nobody panics when things go according to plan, even if the plan is horrifying. Because a true fiduciary shouldn't recommend a plan that doesn't meet your specific needs, Bruce. You know, you're talking about needs. So there's two types of planning, specific needs-based planning and holistic planning. And a lot of people say they're holistic planners, right? Right. What is holistic planning and what is needs-based planning? Needs-based planning is satisfying your objectives by a certain need that you have. But what we know is that your wants go higher than your needs. And so therefore, with an unlimited amounts of wants or desires or things that you want, you may only need to buy food, gas, and things like Tim talked about last week Uh of the inflationary costs going up all the time. But there's so much more unlimited wants that are out there. You want to take a vacation. Maybe you have to replace your uh, air conditioning unit, which is, you know, $5,000 a unit. Mm -hmm. So really do not focus on your needs. Just set up a plan that has backup after backup after backup so that when these unexpected wants or considerations that you have to do with wealth eroding factors that are more than taxes and inflation, You have this propensity to consume your wealth. Having a really good idea of what you're spending, again, that came up last week with my physical therapist, you know. (laughs) And his wife got on the phone with me, called me at 7 o'clock at night. He's a good friend of mine. They're really concerned because they feel like they have things in a lot of places. Nobody is the coordinator or the quarterback of that. And, And I said, you know, having a really good budget is what I told you guys about six months ago yep. and understanding where your money's going out and what is available after there could be some all or none. I mean, we got to figure it out. And one of the things that Tim and I do really, really, really well is find money. If it's a cash flow, taking interest from a non-qualified investment that you have that we can reinvest somewhere else, we have to consider the whole plan and having backup strategies. So in the event that something happens, we come in behind and say, okay, we've got that covered because we've got this other, let's just call it a bucket of money set aside. I need to get this in here. We can come back on that subject. 800-796-800-796-9912-800-796-9912. Reach out to the team here at The Truth About Money. We'll continue the conversation. It's getting really good now. Don't go anywhere. Money, 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 and money. Next on The Truth About Money. With The Truth About Money with Bruce Weinstein from Premier Southwest Planning Group and Tim Travis, Registered Investment Advisor and CEO of TNT Capital Management. And thank you both for joining me here today on The Truth About Money. I'm really loving the show and what we're getting into here, utilizing some clips from our favorite TV and movie actors. Well, I guess the people who wrote it. But anyway, here's a a Seinfeld clip about the gold watch. Grab a cigar, boys. Yeah, it's time to celebrate. Let's just say that I don't have to worry about working for a while. A long while. That's funny because I haven't seen you working for a while. A long while. And you're not going to because I'm hanging it up. Boys, I'm retiring. From what? From the grind. I mean, who needs it? 
and I've accomplished everything I've set out to do. What's that? Self a little retirement gift. Gold watch. Ooh. Kramer really never did anything, but uh, anyways, the gold watch and the pension both seem like things of the past. But you can create a pension for yourself. I don't know if um, Tim wants to handle this particular question, but what is the important thing to note about what Kramer is saying? People do want to retire and they want a consistent income. No, it's a great clip and, and it's very relevant today. Uh, Bruce and I actually both worked with a client who had retired. He worked, you know, 40 years basically in the same industry. Wow. And he was fortunate enough that he had a pension, which Whoa. most people don't nowadays. No. So he had a pension. Then he also had, you know, kind of a, a standard investment portfolio. And the investment portfolio was doing pretty well, but you're going to have volatility, uh, which you don't have with the pension. And so, you know, he, he really was just uncomfortable with any volatility. And you, you come across this from time to time. And I don't recommend it for everyone. I think that being able to deal with the ups and downs and take a longer term approach is, is usually advisable. But like we've talked about, you need to cater towards the client and what they're comfortable with, what their risk tolerance is. So we actually were able to build a secondary pension using an annuity. And so, and so you should have seen, you know, kind of the stress come off the client when we were able to provide that solution because now, now he's set. He can easily live within the income uh, generation that he'll be getting from his existing pension and uh, the secondary pension we built using an annuity and and it's it's a great deal. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, if the market's up or down or or what's happening with with interest rates or anything like that. And uh, so very powerful tool uh, for for responsible retirement. Because um, in the product that you're talking about, the annuities, uh, especially if they're structured properly, that you don't you can have some growth in that money, but you never go backwards. Is that what you're so speaking of? That he's right about that. And, you know, Tim and I work closely on this case together because one of the things that you have to tell your clients or ask your clients or your advisor should be asking you is how much do you want of your money guaranteed in retirement? Some, all or none. <laughs> That's the question, right? So you can have growth, but even if you didn't have growth, if it's set up correctly and you have a guaranteed income stream, that's much higher than the sustainable withdrawal rates that we can take right now off of the investments that we've provided for our clients, Tim and I, you know, how much do you want of that? And most of my clients tell me they want some of it. Now, the thing about whenever you talk about pension plans, a pension plan is an income stream that's guaranteed. That's some sort of an annuity or some sort of actuarial science that a company is creating. So, People that have pension plans that are most of them are underfunded and you hear that all the time. It's very scary yeah. from either, you know, uh, 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 the state, the county, yes. the city. Mm -hmm. And if you look right now, these new police officers and new firefighters that are coming in in Arizona, they're not getting the same deal that everybody else got that started before them. So like Tim said, it's a very powerful tool, these annuities. You have to be careful. You have to select the correct ones, and they're different. All of them are different. But I want to do say something that's extremely important to people. Do not listen to what all your friends or everybody tells you. There are so many different types of products available today that were not available 30 years ago when I started, or 35 years ago it's been now, that you really need to investigate this. And Tim had brought this up before about the rising period of interest rates. And Tim's a money manager, and he's actually picking 
and valuing the stocks that he picks and covering those with options. I mean, Tim knows what he's doing. Yes. And Tim was not a big fan of them before. And Tim is a fan of them now because interest rates went up, which is giving consumers an opportunity to take advantage of something that they're never going to be able to take advantage, I don't believe, in the next 10 years. Mm. Because um, we do believe that Tim and I speak about this every day. We do believe that interest rates are going to eventually go down sometime next year. And when that happens, it's going to reduce the amount of income that you're going to be able to take from those annuity income streams. Okay. So they're all different kinds of annuities. I'm not going to get into the types of annuities that are there, but there's so many different kinds that are out on the street today that you really need to evaluate what is best for your situation. And when you say annuity, you say guarantee, but it's guaranteed by the company. So what happens if the company's not around? So we're very careful and selective of what we do and how we pick them. We're very pleased with the ones that are out. We use companies like, I'll give you a big name, like Nationwide. Everybody knows Nationwide because they advertise so much. They're a hell of a company. And we just got noticed that next week their rates are going up. So that would be a great time to call us to take a look at, see if it works for you. Okay. And, and one last thing that I'm going to say is to protect the consumer today, it's so much different than, like I said, 20, 30 years ago, because the, the departments in all these big insurance companies that issue these annuities, they have a suitability and compliance internally. If I think it's right for the client and they don't think it's right, they're not going to let you do it. If I think that, and I'm not saying I've done this, I'm just saying that I have had a situation one time where the client wanted to put in $150,000 and the insurance company said, no, we're not going to allow them to do that. We want them to have more liquidity. We're only going to allow them to put in $120,000. Okay. Things like that happen all the time right now. So you are protected not only by choosing the right advisors that have the options to use multiple different companies, but also by the individual insurance company that has their own compliance and suitability. It is extremely important that we look and see what you have and talk to us. Maybe you have one that's eight years old. We're able to do some things right now that are that we could help on. Uh, so even less than that, though, right, Bruce? What if somebody got something three years ago? Yes, absolutely. It depends on the contract of what they bought and okay. what the penalties are for getting out, because there are opportunities to get out. Again, we can look at that. We can try to help them. But ultimately, it's if it's in their best interest. Number one, as a fiduciary, we, we go by those standards. Right. And number two, if the compliance company at the insurance company will let them, you know, by the contract, because it's not only up to us, it's up to the client first, if it's in their best interest, and then believe it or not, the insurance company is going to tell you whether it's in your best interest or not, whether I, I like it or not, it doesn't matter. It's there to protect the, the consumers. And I, and I think there's some good things about that. Something that I find very interesting, which I didn't know before I started working with you here on the truth about money. Is of course that, not, because we're the best. I know, huh? But um, that is, in, in other words, you're insuring your money. And that's different than that's having, having it in the bank or in, it, in, in the market. You're insuring Jackie, it, right? Jackie, Jackie, yes. I'm telling you this. I would rather have my money insured by an insurance company right. than have it in a bank. Because remember, insurance companies are regulated by each state. And each state says that they have to have a certain amount of money put aside called reserves, okay, to pay future expected claims. A claim can be an annuity income stream or a death benefit. It doesn't have to be a death benefit. It could be an income stream. So therefore, they have to have a certain amount of money put away in reserves. On the other side, too, 
banks can leverage eight times, six to eight times what you deposit. Right. So and that's why, and Tim would was great at even educating me about what happened with um, the bank up in California that went out of business. And, you know, and then you look at some of the biggest banks in Europe, like Swiss Re or I'm not Swiss Reinsurance, Swiss Bank, you know, these, these banks got into trouble. And, and, and there's a reason for that because when people pull all their money out and they can't leverage, that's how they make money. Whereas insurance companies, they, they don't, they can't leverage. They have to put actually money in a reserve account to pay the claim. And it's regulated by every state. And it's billions, it's billions of dollars in reserve that they have to have, right? Trillions. Yeah. It's trillion. Do- between oh yeah. yeah, for each insurance company, yes. I mean, I mean it's, it's billion. Yeah, it's right. it's dollar yeah, for dollar. Yeah. Oh, it's billions. Unlike yeah. the FDIC oh, yeah. or whatever, it's just not. It's so and much. And they different. can't invest it in anything that's not investment grade over ten years. They invest your money in a ten year bond. So think about that. This will make sense logically to the consumers, right? Five years ago, insurance companies were getting these huge amounts of money um, that they had to put in reserves, which is their general account. Okay, and they were investing that money at what, 2%, maybe 1.75, because they buy 10 year bonds, they hold them to maturity, and they don't sell them. Okay. Now, what are they buying them at, Tim? Five? Oh, yeah, 10 years at right around 5%. Uh, exactly. Okay. That changes the math on anything. That changes the math on annuities, yeah. uh, life insurance Everything. to some extent, uh, and of course, right. you know, fixed income investments. That. You know, so many people lost so much money buying bonds at those ridiculously low rates and they got turned off of bonds. But mm-hmm. you got to you got to look at the, the current situation and see that the yields you're getting now are are four five, six times higher than they were, you know, just two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the time where I have to give your phone number 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912. One more time, 800-796-9912. And we are going to break out the Mythbusters coming up next on The Truth About Money. The Truth About Money with Bruce Weinstein from Premier Southwest Planning Group in Scottsdale and Tim Travis, Registered Investment Advisor, CEO of TNT Capital Management. Jackie Selby, and I'm not the fiduciary, they're the fiduciaries, but I'm just the consumer advocate, I guess you could call me, the host of this particular interview. And getting to the bottom of some of the financial myths and investment myths, disinformation is everywhere because people try to cons- you know, consult the internet, don't they, Bruce? They want to get everything um, off the internet instead of talking to potential uh, professional about this, where the two of you have a whole lot of experience. I wonder between- Well, think about it. Yeah. Uh, the joint experience between the two of us. I was just thinking that. What You have 35 years of experience in, in the financial Tim's field. Tim's probably got close to f- 15, 20. Yeah. 20. 20. All right. There 20, we go. Yeah, because you worked at Vanguard right. before you yeah, went into started in college. Right. Yeah. Um, so. And he's still yeah. a young man. He's a young guy. Yeah. So just so everybody knows. You know, I'm at the perfect age. I'm 58 years old, but you know what? We've got succession plans. We've got Tim. My daughter has been working for me for the last seven, eight years. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. It kept me in the business for probably another 15 years. I'd say for sure. But we've got all these contingency plans. You know, that's Jackie. I know it's not on our, our list to talk about today, but you know, I have several conversations with uh, older advisors 
Yeah. And the biggest problem that they have is succession planning, who they trust their clients with. I've heard that. I've read about that, yeah, actually. Huge problem. Yeah, they, 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 they're yeah. trying to get younger um, advisors into this business. Um, but they can't. Yeah, why is that? I think it's... Uh, it's because they don't have... Number one, it depends on how they're trained. Number two, it's really... So, so when we work with our clients, there is a... I don't... I mean, we prove we do. We're ethical. We're fiduciaries. We yeah. do everything the right way. We, we, our intentions are all there, but it's a very personal uh, situation where, you know, it's like the client at the end of the day... Now, I was taught not to say the word trust, right? Your clients don't have to trust you. You're not showing them something that is trying to sell them. You're, you're showing them the actual, you know, math and calculations mm, uh -huh. and valuations, Tim shows of stocks and reasons why. But at the end of the day, they got to trust you. So now they got to bring a young guy in and they got to trust their their, 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 this guy with their, these people that are like their family. Mm -hmm. Like our clients are like our family. And uh, well, yeah, maybe my daughter keeps telling me not to get so personal, but it's too hard for me not to because, you know, I'm dealing with their lives, their money. We're going to talk course. here about long term care insurance. Yeah. You know, I mean, how well, many calls do I get? Probably two calls a week with 55 year olds saying, hey, I, I got to take a look at this because, you know, right now I have to take my parents in. You know, how many people have you talked to that, you know, Jackie, that have a situation with their older parent? Oh, a lot of people are going through it. I mean, the sandwich generation, right? You still have maybe kids at home. Maybe that that person at 55 still has a teenager around potentially or a young college yeah. student. And then they have to take in their parents or they have to move, you know, yeah. in with their parents and so consolidate you, housing. I mean, it's happening right yeah, now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you do uh, when you do your CEs, because like every, I don't remember if it's two or three years, every two to three years I have to do these CEs and take these tests to be recertified as a long-term care insurance salesman. And uh, what happens is, is you start learning, and they're actually kind of interesting because you start learning about the number one cause of stress and mental disorder and mental issues is because the stress on the families, because that is their long-term care plan for their parents, is that we're going to take care of you. And it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on their child and their child is me I mean, 55 to 58 mm -hmm. 60 years old yep. even 50 years old you know now you've got to take and you, what are you going to say like no i can't take you carry you dad i'm going to throw you into a nursing home it's really tough to do that now the one thing i can tell you is that and the most important um insurance that tim for sure wants his clients to have that are in their 50s to 60s is long-term care because we don't want to put pr more pressure on your money right oh, okay so and one of the nice things that people don't know is there's products out there and one of the ones that i use the most it's a joint product it's what we call a win-win-win i'm actually coming out with a book in the next four months called the maximum income playbook cool and we talk about the win-win-win the win-win-win is I, if I don't use it, I can get most of my money back. If I use it, I get benefits for myself and my wife for the rest of our lives. Nice. And if I die and my wife dies, it'll go to our kids if we don't use it. Wow. So no matter what, there are products out there that most people don't know about. And everyone, I would love to have a line out my door buying long-term care insurance because it's the most important product you can have to protect your assets. You don't want to get in there and put pressure on those assets when you start taking income. We've talked about the fact that we want to use another correlated asset 
when the markets start to go down and you're taking income, we want to shut it off and go somewhere else to another bucket of money. Those are things that Tim and I teach people. But, you know, you're, you're talking about you know, a lot of money. I mean, it depends on the state. We have calculators. You should come in and talk to us about it because we have calculators of what the cost is per state. And um, it, it's not like these places that for nursing homes or assisted living, they're, they're like resorts now. I've been in them before. I've talked to my clients there. I mean, they have, you know, uh, a hair salon, they have ice cream parlor. Uh, you know, they have, yep. Yeah. They got an ice cream parlor. I uh -huh. said, I told my clients, I said, man, I want to come here one weekend. They take you to movies. Yep. They have activities. <laughs> they have a restaurant with waiters. It was like uh, in Arizona. It was, uh, it was like $4,500 a month. They get their own apartment. So it's not like you're going into a nursing home. You know, you're going into a place that has the situation where if you need help or you're a little bit older, but more importantly, if you take care of your parents, at least there are certain situations where you can then bring somebody in that's a licensed caregiver. The companies will reimburse them directly. That'll give you some time, give you a break so you can go and live your life and you don't have to worry about your parents. I, my best friends right now are, uh, she was just here. She's, she actually told me, she heard me on the radio. She was all excited. Aww. 102 year old mother has all her wits. What is, what is she going to do? And you know who I'm talking about and you're listening to me right now. Cause I know <laughs> you are right. 102 years old, great lady. Love them. They're like my family. She's like a grandparent to my kids. She's got a mother that's 102, and so she's taking care of her, her mom right now, um, and she's 77 years old. Oh, my. Well, it would be nice to have some sort of extra additional. Now, she's in a situation where, you know, they don't have as much of pressure on their money. They've done very well. They've, um, they've planned well, but now a situation would be really nice not everybody's like that to have somebody come in and help out once in a while and be paid for. So the cost is, is gotten much more efficient. Um, the best time to buy it is between 50 and 60 after 60, it starts getting a little bit more expensive. So what we do to control the prices, we knocked, we will knock the benefits down a little bit. Don't worry about having the benefits covered for the maximum necessarily. If you can't afford it, something's better than nothing. Come and talk to us. Oh, good. Here's the number. Is it? I'll get my word in here. 800-796-9912. 800-796-9912. To reach the show, The Truth About Money with Bruce and Tim, and they both have their specialties, and they work together to help you get into the retirement situation and uh, through your retirement as well. And we happen to be touching on long-term care. And the thing that you were speaking to, Bruce, is not necessarily a traditional long-term care uh, policy where you just dump the money in and you never see it again. You're talking about something that can be protected from um, probate even. It has a legacy feature is what I'm trying That's to correct, say. That's correct because right? you can name a beneficiary. Don't go to pro, You don't go to probate if you can name a beneficiary. So I would challenge people out there right now to go to your banks and ask if you have what's called a TOD or a POD, a paid on death or a transfer on death, if it's not a joint account. And if it is a joint account, then what happens if you both die? Do you have a trust? Do you have a will? Mm -hmm. These are things that are extremely important. Yeah. And you need to make sure that you do this. Just a basic checking. A lot of people have their money that are older in banks. You know, they just trust banks. It's just natural to them. Then make sure it's done the right way. Why would it hurt to bring your stuff to us? Let us look at it. 
see what's going on. Some people have done trust that were like 15 years ago. I had a client of mine last week come in and bring me their will. It was two pieces of paper. <laughs> I said, literally two pieces. That's the way they were 15 years ago. I know. Now there's durable powers of attorney for healthcare, financial powers of attorney. There's springing powers of attorney. We, you know, it's got to be looked at. Someone's got to look at it. Might as well let you guys look at it because you do so from a holistic point of view, from the top down, from the bottom up, whichever way you want to phrase it. Not just the healthcare. We're talking about myth busting in this particular segment, and we really don't have that much time left. We have a couple of minutes, though, for Tim to address. And Tim was going to talk about the medium retirement savings for baby boomers being around uh, about $202,000. Is that fact or is that a myth? Well, that's a fact. Um, and and it's worrisome. I mean, of course, it depends what state you're in, because uh, the costs are very different, you know, in California, per se, or, or Nebraska or Iowa. Uh, but the reality is, is that that only equates to around 8000 per year, or around $650 per month using the 4% rule. And so of course, you know, you'll supplement that with Social Security, you've got to start early, and you've got to save as much as you can. The sooner you start, the easier it'll be. Wow, that's only $650 per month using the 4% rule if you start with $202,000. Correct, correct. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, people get themselves in a, a tough, tough situation. And, and then, you know, they, they have to do tough decisions. Like I know, I know clients that have had to do reverse mortgages, things like that, that, that are extremely costly, and can be pretty damaging, you know, to, to your, to your, uh, you know, financial well-being and for your heirs. Uh, but they have to do it because they're just in a situation where they can't afford their expenses based on their savings. How about this one real quick, Tim? All debt is bad. Myth or fact? It's 100% a myth. Uh, different types of debt. As Bruce touched on earlier, credit card debt is almost never good unless you're paying it out off each month, you know, to get the rewards and stuff like that. I understand some people run into a jam and it can happen, but you do not want to be running credit card balances in almost any scenario. Whereas a mortgage, you know, if, if you locked in a 30 year fixed mortgage at, you know, two and a half, three percent, whatever the last few years, then that's, that's, that's almost an asset because you could actually invest that money now and get far higher rates than what people are paying on their mortgages. So not having a mortgage really didn't help, you know, that that much because they're, they're kind of, their hands are tied. Now mortgage rates are uh, above 8%. So it's just so much more costly. So mortgage debt's good, credit card debt's bad. You want to look, you want to, and that's where we come into play is, is we'll look at your debts, we'll look at your assets and say, okay, look, you should not have this money in the investment portfolio. Let's pay off this credit card first. You know, because 20% is just too hard of a hurdle to overcome. Very good. And those are the issues that we'll address in those in those plans. Very good. The number to reach out to the team here at The Truth About Money, 800-796-9912. It's 800-796-9912. 800-796-9912. And when we come back, your questions and Tim and Bruce's answers on The Truth About Money. The truth about money, hitting it square on the head. Bruce Weinstein from Premier Southwest Planning Group, registered investment advisory firm, fiduciary firm. And Tim Travis, registered investment advisor, CEO of TNT Capital Management. 
and they work together. And we are the show, The Truth About Money. Jackie Selby, your consumer advocate. Questions. Oh, I love this part. Thank you so much, folks, for reaching out to the show. Uh, we have Diane and Anthem saying, I enjoy the show so far. See, there you go, Bruce. <laughs> it's not just your friends listening. <laughs> Oftentimes, financial planning can certainly be a challenge. I'm trying to decide between two different financial advisors at the moment. What questions should I make sure to ask them beyond the obvious in order to pick the right one? Are you going with this one, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's important to ask your financial advisor about their previous experience dealing with bear markets. Oh. You know, what what changes did they make to their investments or to their to their portfolios during during those times because that'll tell you a lot it's reacting to a major sell-off in the stock market is extremely telling because everybody has a risk tolerance until risk occurs and so for some people they panic and you do not want a financial advisor that panics when things get tough no because when you're investing in stocks you're taking a long-term perspective in general. I mean, for most people, unless you're like a short-term trader or something like that, but investing in stocks, you have to be willing to hold those stocks for a certain amount of time and you should have a reason for owning them. Now, if that reason changes, let's say that the company made a dumb acquisition or, or you know, the, the management team is just, is just not delivering, you find out something has changed and your investment thesis changes, that's a great reason to sell. But just because the stock drops in a bear market does not mean that you necessarily want to sell. So I've seen so many advisors across across the years do that, and it's, it's devastating for clients. So that would be one question uh, I'd want to ask. And then the, the other question I'd want to know is, is, how are you building your asset allocation models. Are you are you using kind of a, a formula, kind of like a generic cookie cutter formula, mm. which is how realistically about 95% of the industry behaves mm. is okay, you're 70 years old, you know, you should have 70% bonds, 30% stocks, right. something like that. Or are you looking at at okay, well, the the stock market is trading at some of the highest valuations in history. Uh, you know, we've got opportunities to get eight to 10% in fixed income, which we have not had in over 20 years, you know, maybe even though you're 40 years old, maybe you should not be 80, 90% in equities. Maybe it makes sense to overweight, you know, where the opportunity is. So I think that dynamic approach would be important to me if I were asking those questions. So hopefully that helped, Diane. Thank you, Diane, so much for your question. And to reach the folks here at The Truth About Money, Bruce and Tim, this is the phone number, and I suggest that you talk to them about these things. 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912. And here's a question from Norman in Chandler. I'm 64 years old, and I'm planning to retire in June of next year, of 2024. I have $220,000 in my 401k and about uh, 2k a month in real estate income. Is there anything else I should do before I sign up for retirement? Uh, Norman, I would <laughs> absolutely be thinking about maybe 10 things before you pull that trigger. All right. Number 1. Number 1. What is your social security income? At 65 years old or 64, okay, well, it's, you're going to be 65, I'm assuming, next year. What is that number? Mm. Okay, am I getting maximum? 
how much is the income that your financial advisor or you personally going to be able to pull off of $220,000 in your 401k plan? So as far as I'm concerned, I know a lot of people that live off of my lowest was $1,800 a month and we're single. Okay. I don't know if you're married. I don't know if you're single. I don't know what your future plans are. I don't know what your health is, mm -hmm. but what I can say is I would be doing a lot of things prior to pulling the trigger and saying, I'm going to, again, I keep using these words, retire my assets because you don't get a do over. So one of the things that we've always said is, and we've harped on a ton is the sequencing of rates of return and retirement and sustainable withdrawal rates. That's all I talk about every single week. Okay. I would want to know how my $220,000, how long it's going to last for. I'm assuming it's going to last forever and what my expenses are along with, you know, what is my cost of healthcare going to be along with, you know, five other things. So for all intents and purposes, let's just focus Norman right now on how much money can I pull out of my $220,000 of my 401k every month? What is my social security income? And then Jackie will give you our phone number yes. and call us and come and talk to us. <laughs> it's a good okay, idea. Because there's a lot more things that we got to do. It, and I've noticed that when Bruce says your name, right, over and over, Norman, Norman, you've got to listen. Because when he says my name over and over, <laughs> I've got to listen. It's 800-796-9912. I'm sure his children know the same. 800-796-9912. Norm, thank you for the question. And we've got Dave in Scottsdale. I would like to invest in the biotech industry. I have five stocks picked out. These five stocks just happen to be listed in the Exchange Traded Fund, which e ETF, right? Is it better to invest in the stocks individually or in the ETF, which covers all the stocks in which I want to invest? Thank you, Dave. Dave, it's a great question. Uh, biotech is is a really interesting industry because some of the smaller biotechs, if they have a drug approval or a denial, the the stock fortunes can change dramatically. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. not shocking to see two hundred percent moves upwards upon a positive result, or an eighty percent drop on a negative result. And I'm speaking specifically of the smaller biotech companies there. So. You know, assuming assuming you know that's the industry that you want to play. If you are a scientist and you have some insight into a particular you know drug and company that that you want to bet on, you know, I, I would treat it as a bit of a speculation. I won't don't bet the house on it or anything like that. But uh -huh. but you know, if you ha if you have some insights uh, beyond just you know reading a research report or something like that playing the individual companies could give you a better a better reward potentially but obviously there's more risk I like the idea of playing it through an ETF I think that way you really get exposure to the sector you benefit from winners uh, you don't get hurt as bad by by when there's losers um, if if you do want to play the smaller companies though just just play with what I would call house money, you know, where where uh, it's money that you can afford to lose, uh, risk money, 
uh, that, that you'd, you'd play in Vegas or something like that, just for entertainment. I, I never recommend anyone speculate or gamble with money that will change their life in any way, but just entertainment type money. And, and if it hits, then that's great. If it doesn't, then, you know, it's just like losing on a lottery ticket. Right. The money you have in the cookie jar, in other words. And here's the number to reach out to Tim to talk about such things. Might be a good idea, Dave. 800-796-9912. He has such incredible experience in the financial world. That's why he's the CEO of TNT Capital Management. All right. Here's a question from Anne. Anne in Phoenix. My ex-husband and I were married for 25 years before we divorced. He passed away this year. He was 68 and I am as well. My question is, how is Social Security affected? Will I still be entitled to half of his Social Security, even though he passed away? Thank you. Well, it's a great question, Anne. Uh, firstly, you absolutely are going to want to contact the Social Security Administrator uh, to determine your eligibility. But, you know, looking at, at your case, the marriage has lasted over 10 years, so you qualify there. The el eligibility age is 62, but that might result in a lower benefit. But at 68, you should be in pretty good shape there as that's full retirement age. And then the amount that uh, you're entitled to receive is really going to depend on your ex-husband's earnings history and uh, your age when, when you make the benefits claim. Uh, so can't tell you specifically for sure what it'll be, but it looks like you're, you're in a good position to be able to qualify for that. Uh, so definitely take the next step and, and contact the Social Security Administration and, and, you know, finalize that and then also talk with your financial advisor and they can take that information and really incorporate that into the financial plan. So which, hopefully that helps. Which should be you two. Bruce Weinstein and Tim Travis on The Truth About Money, 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912. Um, well, that's why we're doing this radio show, and that's why we're telling people to come in and see us. Yes. Uh, is because we're in a unique situation with high periods of interest rates where there are some bonds that pay 8% that we can lock in. So you don't, you can take your Social Security and still make 8% on your money. Uh, and, uh, instead of growing at 8% and waiting. And, you know, a lot of things that people don't think of that I like to make a really clear point on, and I said it briefly earlier here, is we really got to look at your life expectancy and your health because that could be a determining factor whether you take it early or later. The only huh, time I yeah. usually recommend my clients take it later is if they really don't need it. Yeah, if they want to, and they just don't need it, and they don't want it, I, I, I really don't, I always recommend taking money off the table. Because let's just say you waited to your full and always wait, try to wait to your full retirement annuity, which is FRA, which is for anybody born um, before 1966, I believe is at age 67. Okay, or after after 66. Um, it's 67, somewhere in there. I can't remember right now. But 67, let's just use as a number, people that are younger than, you know, are a little bit older that were born in the, you know, mid to late 50s, it's 66 and 10 months. It just, there's a schedule that you can see. Let's just say that we wait to six, instead of waiting to 70, we take it at 67, or we absolutely want to retire at 65 and we take those benefits because that's our knockdown date. We can't work anymore. Well, you know, and some people say, well, I don't really need it right now. Let's just wait and let it accumulate. And then I'll take out the higher amount. Well, what if I pass away? What if something happens and I lose three years of enjoying that money or I could have put that money 
invested it with this great guy named Tim Travis because he's really good at, at doing investment <laughs> um, portfolios mm -hmm. with, and I help him on the fixed side more than the stock side. Tim managed my stocks. And doctors make horrible patients. So he's managed all my stocks for 10 years. Good. And, you know, the thing about it is, is why not take that opportunity? If you can get a bond for three years at 8%, why not just take the money and put it into a bond at 8% and see what happens? I just think taking the money off the table from the government is the best thing to do. The truth about money yep. could be reached at this number, 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912. One more time, 800-796-9912. Well, we'll talk to you again next week. Bruce Weinstein and Tim Travis, great information today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Premier Southwest Planning Group LLC is a registered investment advisor. The content of this advertisement is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment advice. The views expressed in this program are subject to change based on market and other conditions. TNT Capital Management is a registered investment advisor. The content of this advertisement is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment advice. The views expressed in this program are subject to change based on market and other conditions.